Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. What's up there, brother? Happy belated Easter to everyone out there in internet radio land. That's right. Belated Easter, belated uh, for Chief's me, birthday. Chief's birthday. Chief's, yeah. Chief's birthday. I got to I got to put up on the there's this 1976 documentary about the Chiefs. Oh, really? It's, oh yeah, dude. With it's got to be like soundtrack by Henry Mancini. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because it's like big band, but with like flutes and like congas, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, now, that's very, very cool. Uh, 16th birthdays. I know. Dude, it's been like a week. We missed the show for folks listening to the show. Obviously, we apologize deeply. You know, we missed Thursday. Uh, but it does. I mean, life is, <laughs> but you know, I mean, to life. And uh, so obviously Thursday was the Chiefs. And what, what was the, uh, what was the number? 128. 128. The chief, the, the chief petty officer, indeed. In the United States Navy. That's right. And, there we go. And it's always a, a big celebration in, in uh, previous years and non-pandemic years. I'm going to start calling it the Pandy. <laughs> I don't even know, man. You know what I mean? You got to say, uh, you know, just, hey, Pandy, you know, I don't I, know, maybe start calling uh, it the Pandy. I think that there's just going to like, you know, I think it's, it's actually what we should, what we should start calling it is we should just calling it, start calling it like pre-pan. 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 Yes. You know, it's like, you know. You heard it you know, here first. Right. There you go. Like, you know, put this, somebody take notes. Send something to the Library of Congress. Okay, you heard it here first. You we heard it, it here record. first. Pre-pan. So pre-pan. you know. So, so I mean. In, so Chiefs' in, birthdays. Pre-pan. In the years pre-pan, right? In the yes. years pre-pan, absolutely. Uh, it's a thing where the entire area is like there's stuff going on. There's a 5K. There's uh, uh, like huge dining outs. There's parties there's uh cake cutting ceremonies um yeah so can really i mean it's it's, it's 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 a it's you know it's a celebration it's a celebration i mean it is a celebration bitches uh you know and it's it's really special for my job because uh in when the chiefs first came out in april 1st 1893 uh there were only nine jobs in the navy that had the rank of chief petty officer and musician was one of them. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's super special. What were the others? The nine rates. The coolest one to say is ap- ap- apothecary. Mm. Apothecary. Nice. I know. I like, I love that. That's like, that's like the, that's apothecary. like the guy who runs the ship, sh- the, the ship store, right? Uh, I thought it was more of a medical thing. Is it? I mean, maybe it is. Yeah, so he's like a pharmacist. Yeah, pharmacist. Hmm. Um, of course, it's, you know, boats and mate, gunner's mate. Those are the two oldest jobs in well, the Well, yeah, those are, those are ancient. And then quartermaster. Yep. 
So ap- apothecary, right? I said that one. What about master at arms? Um, master at arms. Yes, MAs. You would think MA would be one of the oldest raids, but nope. I would. Yeah, I would think. I mean, it, it's technically it's one of the oldest raids, but it's not, you know, gunner's mate and boat's mate. Someone's got to fix the ship. Someone's got to fix the guns. <laughs> there Makes you go. sense. Yeah, you know. Um, um, but it was, uh, see what else? Um, Yeoman. Oh, yes. Yes. That's another one. That's, 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 uh, it's storied. Yeah. Yeoman. The guy that always gets killed in Star Trek. Now you gotta, okay, now, now, listen, <laughs> do us, do us a favor. Okay. Do us a favor because I'm a Marine. So, I've for for years and years and years I've heard all of these names thrown around, uh, these posi- various positions and whatever. And to be quite honest with you, being a marine, they have meant virtually nothing to me. Okay, because though we, you know, though as marines we talk like sailors, and we serve on naval vessels because you are part of the Department of the Navy, right? Because we are part of the Department of the Navy, we're not sailors, so. I, I mean, those things are like, okay, they're names and whatever, but I don't, obviously, I don't, I, I don't as, as, uh, I don't have as robust an understanding of exactly what those, it, what those individuals do as a sailor might. So, for, okay, Master at Arms. Well, Master at Arms, yes. Okay, we'll start there. Okay. He's the cop, the security, yep, this, the police. Yep. You know, this uh, one goes out to Jason Payne. Jason, if you're listening to the show, this goes out to you. Master at Arms. Yep. He was one of my neighbors out in San Diego. Boats and mate takes care of the ship. Now, when you say takes care of the ship, like, what do you mean? Like, um, back he patches, the, he patches it up. Patches back in the olden days of sail. And when the ships are wood and the men are made of iron, uh, yeah, like patch it up, you know, clean it up. Uh, yeah, that's what the paint, paint it. Yep. Well, that's, that's what, that's the joke now is chip and paint boats and mates, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but anything ship like operation as far as just the ship the ship the, not the operation of the ship no uh, no just like how the ship works and all that like just the paint the whole like well there's a whole whole technique which about functionally we're not talking about operationally that's right okay quartermaster yes navigation well and most and and you know, the, the quartermaster is, def- is something that definitely, I mean, that's definitely something that that uh, transcends, you know, the naval service. Yeah, right. Because obviously you have quartermasters in the in the army and so forth. Yeah, navigation. Gunner's mate, <sighs> obvious. Oh, that, so you're saying quartermaster is navigation? Yeah. Yep. Okay, that now that's interesting. Yeah. Because I know that in the, like in the, in the army, that would mean a different thing. Oh, okay. You know, like in the army, like in the army, like a quartermaster is someone who is responsible for like requisitioning supplies. Probably back then, too. I would say yes. Yeah. 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 Like if you needed something, if you needed something well, from supply, it, you went to the quartermaster to get so it. so much now. Like it's right. Remember, this is 1893. Right, right. Uh, so Gunner's Mate is very self-explanatory. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They make things go boom. Um, carpenter's mate. 
Remember, I mean, in days of in, now, da- in days of yore, in days of yore. yore, I can imagine that would be you know pretty necessary. The the whole center line of the USS Constitution was copper. Yes. So, all right, carpenter's mate, explanatory, machinist mate. You're not saying that the keel of the, the keel of the the keel is copper? the inside of it. Yeah, is all copper. I have pictures. I went down there. I mean, I know that I know that the out. I know that the hull was lined with copper. Yeah, the keel. But I didn't know that the keel itself wood was and copper. wood on the outside, but copper in the in, lined with copper. Oh, like it has a bar of copper on the inside of the wood. Yeah, I'll I'll send you. I'll text oh, you a picture. That's pretty cool. Um, so carpenters mate, machinist. Machinist, so the guys that are making like metal things on the ship were they were they called machinists? Maybe no, they're just called machinists. I, I but I mean, back in like the day in, now, in, there's machinists. In the age mate. of in the age of sail, yeah, machinists. In like the age of sail, they were actually called machinists, right. like the guys who would like make metal stuff, mm-hmm. even though they weren't making machines. Yeah, because they're they were machining. But they weren't making okay. machines. I see. They were okay. machining. Machining. Yep. Um, okay. How many is that? Uh, master Lambs, boats, mate, quartermaster, gunners, mate, machines, mate, boats, mate. Oh, the yeoman. Mm. And the yeoman? Administrative branch. Ah, uh, yes. The yeoman. Got to keep the records, man. Well, yeah, it's uh, it, the, the yeoman is sort of the uh, adjutant of the boat. I mean, you know what the adjutant is, right? So and so is coming on board. Well, no, the adjutant is the the adjutant is like essentially serves the same function. The adjutant, ad, the the adjutant is usually the one who is like the administrative, you know the head of all the administrative stuff. Okay, so in the, in the unit. So just and is the CEO's bitch. Quarter quartermasters also were they had signal quartermasters. But they're Okay. But they're kind of like one and the same. Yes. Uh and they were involved with signaling, the care of flags, halyards, markers, lanterns, and other paraphernalia. <laughs> Listen to you that's, as if you've read it out of the out of the manual. Yeah, but but that's the signaling. The quarter the quartermasters were navigation and steering. I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now see now that's interesting. Yep. Yep. Well, steering. What was uh? Oh man, they don't. The rate doesn't exist anymore. I'm gonna have to think about it. I don't want to say it out loud before someone like before you find yourself ridiculed. Yeah. It's fine though. <laughs> All right, so then apothecary. Love saying that one. Apothecary. I know. Well, it's like have you been wa- have you watched Shit's Creek? I don't know, I've probably asked you this on the show before. With Eugene Levy. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, on the show it's Ro- Rose Apothecary. That's the, his son is like he opens this little business, you know, with his boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. And that's that. I don't know. That's what it always makes me think of when you. I hear apothecary now. I always think of that show. So, which is why I thought maybe it was like the 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 ship store. Although 
I have I have friends like my buddy Jerem, uh, uh, Jerry out in San Diego, and he was an LS, which is a logistics specialist. specialist. That's right. So that's how you get stuff on the ship. Right. And so he always worked like in the mail room on the ship. And I think he also had to work like in the ship store or something, mm. you know. Okay. Which I don't, I mean, when I was on the Peleliu, I don't think I was, I don't think I even knew that there was a ship store until I'd already been on the boat for like a month. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter because after the first like week of underway, everything's fucking gone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's now in the black trade market now. It's the black market. Oh, yeah. Everything trade market. Is. Like, yep. Yep. Now, it's interesting because I was listening to on, uh, on, uh, I was listening to it uh, on Audible. I was listening to Helmet for My Pillow. Um, which is, you know, a, a recounting of if you've ever read the book or listened to the audio book, um, it's about, you know, a, a first person experience in as a Marine in the war in the South Pacific in World War Two. Yeah. And there's a point where the guy's talking about being on the ship and they're going from one point to the other and how, you know, the ship store that basically it's like the first people in line uh, to get anything from the ship store are all sailors and by the time that the marines actually get into the store they're told that they're told that all of the candy in the ship store is all sold it's all gone so they can't you know they're sorry there's none left sons of bitches when but it's like but the next day they go down there and and what they what he realizes this pattern where essentially the sailors are going in they're buying all the candy and then they're going and, and selling it to the marines to make a profit and the guy who runs the ship store basically just tells the Marines like, Nope, there's no more candy until the next day. There's more candy for the sailors to buy and sell to the Marines. And of course he's pissed because he's like, this is bullshit. Like it's why we can't just buy this stuff from the store. Now it's like, we're having to buy it from, you know, from a, uh, a swab jockey, if you will. The, the, <laughs> the, the candy scenario, the can the candy scenario. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. So okay, yeah, and then Bandmaster is the last one. Yeah, that's pretty wild, though, man. Which I mean, you know, to be honest with you, it's kind of cool because I, I think that it's kind of interesting, especially you know, s- serving in military bands, and I think that a lot of people are sort of aware of them. Um, but when you put them into the context of when people, I think people have like a disconnect when they see, like they they think of a military band. But they have this disconnect between that and the actual operational forces. Right. To them, that is like, well, how does that work? You know, how does it, how does that fit with this thing? I mean, especially I think about it as, as being a Marine, you know, being a Marine musician, you know, everybody thinks of the Marines, you know, they're out there, you know, hooking and jabbing, slashing and stabbing, freaking, you know, putting rounds down range and, you know, we put breaking notes on shit. boats. Well, you know, and that's, uh, and that's, and that's the thing is that it's like, you know, oh, you're the Marine band, like they, people know like, oh, there's a Marine band, but then they're like, oh, you mean like you're a Marine and you play music. And, and, and my point is, is that there is this disconnect, but I think that when people, what a lot of people fail to really understand uh, or, or sort of comprehend is that it is literally one of the, 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 the the act of making music in support of 
whatever type of military action is something that has existed since prehistory. Yes. Yeah. It's literally one of the oldest. I mean, you could say boats and mate and gunners mate, but they right. always had like drums and fifers. Yes, exactly. Specifically yeah. drums or some kind of right. brass instrument. Even the Romans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you, you could go all the way back to probably you could you could go back to the Egyptians or, or even before them. You could go back to the pro I can guarantee you that I mean, and I don't know what the what the real facts are, but I could only I could only assume that you could go all the way back to ancient Mesopotamia. And you would probably have some form of drums or, or something of that sort that was used as a signal device, a, you know, a command and control device in whatever constituted their sort of, you know, engaging in, in battle with each other, like different communities or something, you know, or, or a horn of some kind. I mean, God, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. People don't think about it. And what we do today as military musicians is just a natural progression of what that started out as. Even, even just the bells on a ship, you know? Yeah. Signaling. Yep. Ding, ding. Well, I mean, ding, ding. for the Marine, I mean, for the Marine Corps, that was one of the oldest, you know, musician was like, you're talking about with Bandmaster in the Marine Corps. Musician was one of the original, you know, MOSs, if you will, billets that was specifically built into the original construction or organization of the Marine Corps at its very beginning. Because I mean, what do you use the what do you use the drums and and or what do you use the musicians for? Even like you say, if it's a drum and a fight. Yeah. So that and that's the thing. Like on the ships, it, they would have uh, one drummer, one fifer. Right. Like, it, it, that was a Marine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, bef- even, even before that, you're using, you're, using those mus- you're using those musicians and their talents for recruiting efforts. You know, you have these guys stand out on a street in front of, you know, stand out on a street in Philadelphia in front of Tun Tavern. Tun-ta- and there it is. Tun-tavern. Play some freaking music and... Uh, and, and you, uh, get, that's one of these things Tell that people I think is what that tavern's all about. Tun Tavern. Yeah. Uh, Tun Tavern is or was. I mean, there is a Tun Tavern there now, but it's not the original. It was a bar where, uh, when the Continental Congress decided to establish the Marine Corps, uh, the they basically went to this. Ha- you know, the at that time was in uh, Philadelphia. There was there was no Washington D.C., uh, and so they went to this bar called Tun Tavern, and that was where they recruited Marines. They basically had these guys that hung out there, and they were like Marine Corps recruiters, and they waited for guys to show up at the bar that were looking for adventure and a way to make some money and blow stuff up and do all that fun stuff uh, and weren't afraid of uh, imbibing. <laughs> and what better place to find those people than go to a bar. So they went to Tun Tavern 
and set up shop in there and signed up the very first Marines. Uh, so, like I say, it's sort of I like think it sounds like something John Adams had to have a have a uh, a hand in. Oh, I'm sure there's I'm I'm sure there's probably some folks. You could probably really look into it. I don't know who the very original you know people were that were involved in. I mean, you know uh Archibald Henderson and all these guys and, I mean, they they were the very first officers in the Marine Corps. Don't, you know? don't they don't they have like a a restaurant in, in Quantico Bay in Quantico that's a ton tavern? Well, they do. If you go to uh if you go to the Marine Corps, I think it's called the Marine Corps Heritage Museum now. Mm. Uh which is amazing. I'm cool let, looking and, cool looking dude, structure. It's a really cool way that it's designed because yeah. it's supposed to replicate the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima. Yep. Um but the top of it and you can see see it from ninety five. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the whole top of it is a sky is like skylights. It's got a glass ceiling, so there's tons of natural light, but you go in if if any if folks are listening to the show, if you are in Northern Virginia, anywhere near Quantico, and have never seen this thing before, I, I beg, I beg you, please go check this out. It is one of it's one of the most striking museums. And I'm a Marine, so I know that I'm, I'm you know, I'm partial to it. But <laughs> it is an amazing, it's an amazing uh, facility, uh, you know. And they have rotating stuff where. Um, like rotating exhibits and they've got some of this stuff that's in there like i mean and people obviously marines you know like dan daly i mean you know gunnery sergeant dan daly i mean he you know this guy earned two congressional medals of honor and they have both of them at the museum you think about how rare a medal of honor is now imagine winning two of them like that's a dude with global size balls you know um so i mean it's like i say it's amazing it's an amazing uh the, the exhibits are incredible um but they do have in the in the museum there they have a space where you can actually they have like a little cafeteria where you can get food and you can actually if you want to you can you can uh reserve function space up there which i've done a couple times uh, or if you're having like a social gathering and they'll sort of do it after hours, which is really cool. It's like a buffet sort of dinner thing that they'll do. But they actually have a restaurant that's in there that they call Tun Tavern. Yeah. And it's sort of, it looks real old school. It looks like an old, you know, like colonial era, uh, you know, bar. You can go in there and have a beer or whatever. So that's pretty cool, you know. But, but uh, you know, the the whole thing is, is like, the whole like why we celebrate it every year it's there's in all out of all the services uh there's nothing more uniquely um celebrated than the chief petty officer whether it's the making of a chief petty officer which you have uh witnessed yes um or uh you know with the birthday celebrations um yeah so that's i mean well, you know, it was interesting because, you know, when when the chief's birthday was happening last week, I saw on a couple a couple different uh, Facebook pages, I saw people asking this question, like, you know, why, you know, why do the chiefs have like, you know, why do they celebrate the, the chief's birthday and the Marine Corps? Why don't we have anything like that that we celebrate, you know, the birth of, the, you know, the gunnery sergeant? Well, and. 
because 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 y'all's version y'all's staff NCO is is staff sergeant. Right. No, no, no. And I get that. I think I think that I think the reason for it is deeper though. Oh know? well we're we're ours has to be approved by Congress. Our selection does. Well, I mean what I mean what I mean is that, you know, having obviously known sailors for years and seeing sort of the differences between the services, even though we're, you know, obviously both of the, you know, the Navy, um, you know, for, for sailors, you know, earning, earning the rank of chief petty officer, uh, is, is, how do I put this? It's a culmination. You know, when, when you, when you finally get to the point as a sailor where you, are selected as a chief petty officer. That is the culmination of sort of everything in your career has led to that moment because that is the moment in your in your career where you are officially vested. Well, I would and, say and, that, and you're like re- like to me, you're really close. Like you're the subject matter expert in your MOS or rate. Well, I, but I, as a chief petty and, officer, and, 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 I, and I get that, but I think that it's. But it's deeper than that. It's not just about being a, a subject matter expert. It's about the idea that for the first time in your career, you fully accept and understand the idea that the, that the service is bigger than you. Mm. That, that it's not about you as the end, like, especially with the, with the, you know, with the, uh, with the Navy, because the Navy is so skill-based. You know, everything is, is about your vocation. Like, you know, we're sitting here right now talking about machinist mates and, you know, yeomen and, and all that stuff. Um, and that's the thing is that you're, from the time you first join, you know, you're becoming, like you say, you're becoming a, an expert in that thing that you do. Um, when you become a chief petty officer, all of a sudden there's an expectation that you see beyond that one thing you do. That this is about the Navy as an institution. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, that's where the, the, there's that culmination of this entire thing that happens at that point. Um, and I think that the reason that we don't do that with, with Marines is, you know, I mean, they're, they're really, I don't think that there is necessarily that same expectation that, okay, you're a gunnery sergeant now or you're a staff sergeant, you're a subject, subject matter expert. Because from the time you join the Marine Corps, the notion is drilled into your head from the minute you step on those yellow footprints that that the service is everything. You know what I mean? That the individual, that your individual sort of thing is is not the priority. The priority from the very beginning is the institution. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have as big an... It, it's not there isn't that this sort of, you know, culminating thing that happens in your career as a, as a Marine. It's like, you just keep forging on. Um, and it's very, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like I say, I mean, having, having, you know, sort of seen the whole induction thing with, you know, and anybody who, you know, as we say, you know, the uninitiated, you know, for the folks who have not witnessed that or understand, know what it is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'll put it to you this way. Um, Hazing is hazing is by policy forbidden in the military. 
with one exception. <laughs> legally, legally. This, this is with from his one, perception. <laughs> I'm saying legally with one exception. And that one exception is Chiefs induction. And that's actually in black and white. You know, I as a Marine, if I ever was involved in anything that could be construed as hazing, I could be risking my career. As a sailor, the same goes for you. Unless <laughs> you're participating in Chiefs induction and then it's not hazing, it's induction, you know. Um, so anyway. well, and, and many, it, it's, it's actually worse off even 10 years ago than it is now. Um, and there's like the history of Chiefs initiation. And, you know, for those that are uninitiated, uh, when you get promoted, specifically more in the higher ranks, you have a wet down party. I mean, like, hey, when's the wet down? Right. Um, and that comes from the Navy where, like, even when, like, the first initiation is like, hey, you got selected a chief, they'd throw you off the side of the boat. Oh, sure. That yeah. was the wet down. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, and there's been – and I think that I, – I don't know which came first. The chick, it's a chicken or the egg thing. Yeah. I think what happened is um, that after World War II – uh, that you have all these people that go to college and they're in these fraternities and have these rituals. And then uh, they bring the rituals back to the, to the military. Right. Uh, because I've been through fraternity initiation and Navy chief, you know, initiation. There's some things that are eerily similar. Uh, so, that, that's, yeah. that's my theory. I ha- it has no basis other than experience. But Right. But yeah, I know. Um, so on Friday, speaking of initiation, mm. uh, my, my son was initiated into to two clubs <laughs> on Friday. Yeah. Uh, the first was owning a car. And the second was being a part of the Jeep club. Yes. <laughs> Which was yes. the surprise that I couldn't I couldn't mention. Um, yeah, folks who were folks who were tuning in a week ago, we were like, uh, "Don't say too much. Don't say too much." He could be, he could, he could be listening. Yes, exactly. So he, he so Jeremy shared a video on social media of he and his wife April presenting this vehicle to their son, and he was genuinely shocked. He's like, what? What's that? He was like, what is this? You know, <laughs> and you're like, uh, it's yours. You know, and it, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, I, I think all kids who are that age are sort of a little bit awkward because they're sort of, especially for 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 guys, because you're sort of like in this man boy stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Don't when you're cry. Con- yeah, when you're when cry. you're confronted with something so big. It's almost like hard for a kid that age to fully comprehend what this is, like what this means. It's like it's a big deal and you know it, but it's like, I mean, when you're 16 years old, you don't fully comprehend those things. But last last time I I talked about it, like me getting my first car, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Like, because it's your first car. It's like, yep. Oh, yeah. Now, I know. I mean, and I will say, I mean, dude, for folks, I mean, this this Jeep that his son got 
is legit. I mean, especially as a starter car, that's pretty badass, dude. I mean, I my 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 starter car was a 1980 Jeep Cherokee that had been open, owned by the freaking Park Service or some trash. Well, yeah, it but, was Rustoleum com- camouflage. I mean, and 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 the other thing too is that you know cars have evolved since since we were 16. That's true. Um, so so like. Yeah, it's it's a 2007, you know, it's high on miles, but uh, it's also high on love. Uh, and I, I told him, you know, we've like all weekend, even today, uh, we practiced taking the top off. We've, okay. you know, gone through all the stuff in the motor. Yes. Um, here, here's the, the some of the funnier things that you just don't realize. Uh based on when he was born in 2005 is that he was so fascinated with manual windows oh yeah oh it has it it does it has the manual windows in it oh yeah fuck you oh yeah you're gonna crank those bad boys crank away my friend but manual locks manual yes because like He's like, where's the button for this? There no, no, no he was he was like just rolling it up, rolling it down. I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> over there? <laughs> He's oh like, man, that's funny. That's funny. Like, what Dude, look what it about? does. Look what it does. How does it? He was like, how does this work? Like, right back when we were back when we were his age, you're pushing the button. You're like, Dude, look what it does. We're pushing the it's button, reversed making it go. It's I reversed. know it's reversed. Now it's like yeah, because he's thing. never wow. been in a car. That didn't have manual or manual windows. He's never been in a He's car that had manual windows. Come on, we've we've come a long way, baby. Okay, so that's part one. <laughs> part two was the fact that it didn't have uh, electronic locks, right? He's yeah. like, so wait a second, you just I gotta press, pull this thing up and press this, and then it locks. I just push it and it does it. Yes, because like, I don't know, like in Jeeps, it's that circle disc thing that's where you open it. Yeah, on the manual one, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah. So you have to make sure those are those are pushed in, and it's locked. Right. Right. Okay. That's number number three. Was okay. Let me get this straight. There's one key, and it opens all the locks on the car. Right. I'm like, yes, again, because every car we've owned has had a key fob. Yeah, that you can just push that, it. And go, you press the button. I go. Doo, doo. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, or, you know, in the Tesla, like, my phone is the key. So, he's like, so wait a second. This one key opens everything and everything. I'm like, yes, so don't lose it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't lose this key or you won't ever get in your vehicle again. Yeah, or start it or a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah, man, it's, you know, uh, and that's funny, like, with, for those of you who are Jeep owners, you know what I'm about to say, but, like, there are so many different types of accessories. Oh yes, that you can buy uh, for a Jeep. Now the funniest one that that made me laugh that I saw. I was looking for like a phone holder for him to have, and now they make phone holders that go in the CD slot. Yeah, because you know who's going to fucking use CDs nowadays? There's, yeah, like, that's antiquated now. Right. So <laughs> I was. I, I'm half tempted to buy it, but I don't know. We have tons of CDs. Maybe he wants to listen to CDs. But it's true. I mean, I've got a CD player in mine. Um, 
which I'm glad I have. I mean, I, not that I use it that often because it's, you know, I'm even, I'm at the point where I'm like, uh, like got whatever music I want at my fingertips. Yep. I mean, just with, with streaming music, I mean, any, whether it's Pandora or Spotify or whatever, I can find virtually anything. So it's like, why do I need to have, I mean, it's funny when you think back now to having like the CD visor, you know, the CD holder in your visor. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Everybody yeah. had like a dozen CDs. Like All my 12. burned CDs went in there because I never put real the, the ones that I actually Right, right. Not the, the real ones. You didn't want to damage those. Or, All the way, or get them stolen. Uh, I mean I still have I mean, I looking at it right now, I still have my like uh my C D like encyclopedia. I don't know what the hell did they call that thing. The the what book? Uh it's like uh, a you, you could object un- book. You know what I mean? Logic like, case. I have a logic case. Full dude, of this freaking this thing is like it's like three inches thick. Oh yeah, at least. Oh yeah, we got like four of them. Yeah, I've got like two hundred and fifty freaking CDs in this thing. You know, I mean, it would be worth nothing today, but I mean, it's insane when I look at it. And I'll tell you the other thing that bums me out about that thing is that on the rare occasion that I pull it out and I actually look at it, I look at the CDs that I've lost. And that bums me out, man, because I've had some kick-ass CDs. Yeah, but now you have... I know, but it's not that... You know, I like to... like. You know what it is? It's the booklets. Right. I mean, you actually had, like, the booklet that came with the CD, and that's what I have. It's strange, because I actually will have these booklets with no CD. You know, because I let somebody borrow the CD, and then he never gave it back or something. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep, those are the perils of college right there. Yes. Oh, yes. my God, dude. I know. When I and came I... home from college, I was like, had all these empty CD cases. Like, what yeah. the fuck? You're like, God. where did Buckeye Music go? Yeah. Uh, it's you know crazy. What? And, and, and the, big, the big challenge in college was a $14, $15 CD, because back then, when they were oh, new yeah. in the 90s, it's like, that's how much they cost. Yeah. Dude, that was like... One Thursday night of 50 cent beers, mm-hmm. 14 bucks. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I was, I mean, I remember, <laughs> like, uh, well, dude, I remember when they would, you remember when the CDs first came out and they were not in just the jewel case? Nope. They were in like a big plastic, plastic it was, anti theft. Yes. Uh, it was like this big, like 12 by 4 you know, plastic case thing that the jewel case was in so that people couldn't steal them or whatever. You know, of course you would, you'd buy the CD and they would just like, you know, you'd take it home and you just crack that thing off the jewel case and throw it away. Obviously, you know, eventually they got to the point where they were like, Oh, this is like, you know, dangerous to the earth. Everything's dangerous to the earth. You remember you McDonald's know? where they had the all the styrofoam case? Like, Oh yeah, dude. Everybody and then they, out they, about they, that. They, They're like, oh, Whose no, idea no. was it? Whose idea was it to put the the hot side hot? And the people yes, yes, dude. We were just talking about that the, uh, like last week. <laughs> were you? Like yes, <laughs> dude. I was at band rehearsal and we were talking about that. It was the uh, it, was a, uh, it was the Big Mac, wasn't it? No, keeps the hot side hot. There was a, I know, cold. but there was there was a name for it. Oh, I don't. Oh know. my god, I cannot believe I can't remember it. The McFresh. Was that I, what it was? Maybe. The McFresh, it was like, like you say, it had the burger with the cheese on one side. Yeah. And then it had all like, the, it had the bun with all the veggies and shit on the other. And it came in that styrofoam case. It, it's crazy now dude, to think about it. Like, dude, it's like, can you imagine the... being the manager? Hey, people, listen, we're doing things different. 
uh, we're going to have this special case. It's from corporate. Uh, <laughs> and the words come down, people. The top. We will be using this case. The top bun will have tomato, lettuce, tomato, and special sauce on the left side. The right side will be the bottom bun with the with the patty and the cheese. You got that for everything. Right side, right side patty, left side veggies. It makes it, it the people have spoken. Yeah, they don't want soggy, uh, you know, lettuce. Dude, it's how many, be I mean, crisp. dude, you know, there's got to be nightmare stories out there. <laughs> You know, there have got to be nightmares because, I mean, back at that point, dude, you know, and most of the people who who check out the show knows know this back at that point. All of the McDonald's sandwiches were all in freaking styrofoam. Yes, there were no cardboard freaking boxes. There was none of that shit like the fries would come in a a sort of cardboard paper. thing. They had that. The the smaller ones were in paper, like in paper. But yeah. if you got the large ones, upgrade. it was it's, it was the same thing that they have now. It was pretty similar. Yeah, upgrade. But the burgers themselves, any sandwich you got, the fillet of fish was blue styrofoam. Blue, yes, the fillet that was the only one. And what was that mayonnaise concoction? Whatever they oh, that's well, it's tartar sauce. Was it tartar? It's supposed to be tartar sauce. Ew. Yes, Is it, but it? all the <laughs> that's. I, I told you the story about going through we about the night that we went to uh, the Eagles, the Fraternal uh, Order of Eagles. It's sort of like the Elks Club. And we went there and they were having karaoke night. So we went with my in-laws and we're members, whatever. And so we go there with family and we're having a good old time. T- you know, time went on. And we leave and decide after we leave that we got to swing through McDonald's to get something to eat. Yes. We're going through the drive-thru and my, my mother-in-law is driving. And so she's talking to the talking to the person in the drive-through. She's like, she's like, and I'll take a fish witch, a fish witch. And the, the guy inside is like, uh, a what? A fish witch? Uh, we don't have that. What do you mean you don't have that? You have a fish witch, dude. We're in the back of the car, fucking dying. I'm like, the word fillet of fish has completely escaped my mother-in-law <laughs> in this moment. All that she's got in her head is fish witch. Do we know what kind of fish? <laughs> Did they use tilapia or haddock? I don't know. I, uh, I do know that the one at Wendy's, the filet of fish sandwich at Wendy's, have you ever had it? Nope. It's a legit filet of fish sandwich, dude. I, I live in, uh, in a beach area. No, I refuse. Dude, it is literally a fish fillet. It's not like McDonald's where it's like this minced fish square thing. It's not like that. Like you go there, fish that's deep fried, and I think they use so. I think they use which is pretty similar to haddock. When's when's the last time you've had fish sticks? Oh, geez, it's been a while. Maybe six months ago, something like that. I mean, we've bought, we've bought like, because what I'll do sometimes, you know, and it's not very often, but sometimes I'll go to the store and I'll actually get like, you know, Gordon's freaking uh, fish fillets, but I'll use them to just make like basically a fillet of fish. 
you know, an at home yeah. quick thing, you know, you cook it up. If you're, you know, you have these moments where you're like, you want to put dinner together, but you're just like, dude, I don't feel like cooking. So you just throw some freaking fish fillets, Gordon's fish fillets in the oven and you've got some hamburger bun. Have you, have you ever seen a YouTube channel where the, the guy's no dad effort. is like this? Yeah. Have you, have you seen the YouTube channel where the guy's dad is like this super chef? And he brings like Chick Fil A, and then makes like this gourmet meal out of no, Chick Fil A. No. There like, is a show. Go. There is a show that I've we've seen. Pretty... Uh, is it Fast Foodies? Is that the name of the show? Have you seen this? They have these three chefs, and they have us. Nope. They usually have like a sort of celebrity guest who's on, and these three. It's the same three chefs, and they'll start off with like you say something like fillet of fish. And you take your basic ingredients for a fillet of fish, and they have to turn it into some sort of like gourmet thing. Yeah, yeah. They still and it's, some of the shit's crazy. Guy. I mean, and they they bring other elements in or whatever. I mean, and to be honest with you, I mean, I see some of the shit, and I'm like, I have no idea how that even remotely relates to I don't know chicken nuggets. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't even have anything to do yeah. with that. Like. Is there even chicken in that? I don't know. I mean, no, I'm saying in the there thing that they now. make, you know what I mean? It's like these gourmet people, yeah. they, these chefs make something. And I'm like, okay, the root of this was fish nuggets, but, or, you know, chicken nuggets, but I don't even see fucking chicken in your thing. Like, how does that, re- how does that relate to chicken nuggets? I thought that was the whole point here, but I mean, nevertheless, the shit looks incredible. Um, yeah. So, so bringing it back, the other thing that my my son got that he's always wanted oh, is one Jesus. of those blow Did up dinosaur really costumes. He slept oh, in. Did, he fucking like. <laughs> no, but That's and awesome. he calls it Gerald, Gerald. But he, dude, he took it outside in the neighborhood, sort of walking around the neighborhood, and all these really. Like, Yay, did you get footage? Did you film? And I was like, uh. He's got a car now. Uh, he, he does a, birthday parties. That's a parties. smart idea, Jeremy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like dude, it, it was it was amazing to me. Like all the little dude, he could legit make money like, doing ah, that. Like hugging him or dude, that's freaking yeah yeah. After sixteen dollar fucking you, like you say, you know the kids would love it. Little kids would love that shit. Oh, they do. He'd have to have like oh, seven or eight and waiting because they were grabbing the tail. Or... Well, you put a little money, you know, he makes oh, his yeah. money, but you, you know, that's like any business. You know, you got to put a little bit of money back into the business. You know? Yeah. No, it was pretty funny, though. Oh, you know what? He, he should have had 20 bucks. Dude, you today, want me to come to your birthday party? 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, but you can't, like, it's better that you remain silent. No, no, no. I get that, but I'm costume, saying, but at the same time, like, what's what's you're there, you show up, and all the kids, you know, are doing stuff. But do you have what's the what's? Oh, the I don't know. You mean that yeah, he has to do know. something? Yeah, like you know, you just can't show up for twenty bucks and just stand there oh, and be a dinosaur. Man, I don't know. Maybe he you, has. You gotta have know, a stick. Maybe, maybe he. Like, no, maybe Gerald maybe the skateboarding dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Gerald the dancing dinosaur. Maybe, dude, he just brings a yeah. We can bring do a the, freaking boombox, electric slide. 
you know, it's, bring a boombox, you know, like the strippers do when they come to the hotel room. They bring their own music. <laughs> right. Someone order a dinosaur. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! And that's the that's and that's the intro, that's the intro at the beginning of the music for every freaking every party he goes to. Hit play. Did anybody order? You know a what? Dinosaur? You know what would be, you know be badass? Hey, uh, what would be badass is that he does a uh, floor routine with the you know like the gymnast with the with the, with with the, the ribbon, with yeah, the, the ribbon. But it's to the theme song, Dude, the theme I'm... of Jurassic Park. Well, yeah, but I know that would be hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, it's got to be something. It's got to be something that the kids would know. Maybe they would know that. That would be awesome, Jeremy. Yes, yes. And he's just, and he's just like, he does a whole ribbon routine. <laughs> that would be. You better be taking because it is Because I'm telling you right now, this is like a, this is a moneymaker. That is that is a money maker, dude. <laughs> it's recorded. Oh my goodness, that's what I'm saying. Just get him a styly, get him all he, dude. All he has, or da, 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 yeah, right. Da, 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 da. He does the right. Napoleon Dynamite. Like, he could have a number thing. of them, you know. <laughs> he could have a number of them, but like I say, dude, he doesn't even need to bring a boombox these days. All he has to do is bring a JBL speaker or something. Dude, he could have a he could have a. A cardboard dummy of like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> cardboard dummy of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Laying down, you know, the picture. So okay, so then Saturday, holy it shit. It was dude, unbelievable. Was the lamb, the leg of lamb. Okay, this is this is the story. This is I was like I th- this is the story. I was, I was envious. Um, and my family growing up, and Jennifer and I have tried to do this, you know, a couple times. Uh, but in my family growing up, the, the traditional thing for Easter was lamb, um, turkey for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. beef for Christmas, and lamb for Easter. Um, everybody's got their own sort of outlook on all that stuff. For me, the, as far as the whole, you know, being a Christian thing, I mean, obviously Easter is the biggest holiday of the year. Um, it's the cer- celebration of the resurrection, which is the whole point of being a Christian. Um, Yes, because bigger than Christmas. Easter is the fulfillment of the new covenant. It is the it is the fulfillment of the promise that you know Jesus did what he said he would do, and and in doing that he proved that he was the Messiah, and that if you believe in him, then you will you know have everlasting life. Um, so Christmas is cool because like you know God came into the world. But if you don't have Easter, then it's sort of like he's – if you don't have Easter, then he's just another prophet. Um, right. So yeah, anyway, the point is, is that the leg of lamb, I was slow on the uptake. I was slow on the uptake with getting the freaking um, – the leg of lamb. I started calling around on Friday. We were going to do Easter uh, dinner Saturday, like you said. Jennifer has to work a double on Sundays and that was a complete shit show for her. Um, but uh, like I say, so I, on Friday, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh man, I got to get a leg of lamb. And there is a place over here in the next town over where my, my brother lives in Topsom, a place called Bissons. It's a farm and you can get fresh meat over there. I mean, this is the kind of place that you could order like 
Oh mm. yeah, you could go. You could Straight order from like the a slaughterhouse, quarter, a quarter cow, if you wanted to. Um, dude. So, oh hey, yeah, call no up shit. Mabel. It's so I time. called over there and I was like, "Hey, you, know, you guys have? Uh, I'm looking for a leg of lamb." <laughs> they had a couple frozen ones, uh, which were a decent size, but I didn't have time for a frozen leg because it was gonna. I was eating the next day. And the fresh ones they had, like the smallest one they had, as far as the fresh ones, was like 10 and 10.8 pounds. And I'm like, dude, I do not. Oh. That's a big ass leg. I don't that's, need that. That's a lot of lamb. Lamb. Um, so then Saturday morning, wake up. I'm like, I need to figure out what the hell I'm going to do here. And Jennifer, I call, the, I call all the freaking grocery stores around here. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And Jennifer's finally like, dude, why don't you just call Whole Foods? down in Portland and see if they've got one. So I called him up. The dude's like, oh, yeah, I got a pile of them. I'm like, dude, get dressed. I drove down to Portland. They, Dude, we usually, I don't know. I don't know where you and April usually go grocery shopping there in Virginia. I don't know if you go to freaking Food Kitty or what you do. Um, yeah, there's a ton of them. But yeah, one of those five places, different places is a Whole Foods. And obviously we've been there, the one in Virginia Beach. We've been to yep. a multitude of them. They're nationwide. Um, but it had been a while, dude. We go to this Whole Foods in Portland. And, dude, you can, you, can, you can think whatever you think, whatever about Whole Foods. But, dude, the product there is freaking superior. It is a superior product. And the the... The display of the product. I mean, I'm looking at this meat counter, dude. The meat counter at Whole Foods is freaking ridiculous. You know? You go in there and it's like they got all the steaks are all just like laid out. All the prepared shit that they have, like all these different kinds of burgers that are all made up, all these different sausages, and they have a pile, like a dozen of these freaking lamb legs there. I'm like, holy shit. I said to Jennifer, I was like, dude, you know what? We should start coming down here like on Saturdays, you know, if we want to get because the food that they sell there at Whole Foods tends to be, you know, a, a, a better quality food. It's it's not most of the stuff doesn't have a bunch of junk in it um, and you're going to pay for it. It's a little expensive, but I'm like, dude, why don't we just come down here? Like, why don't we come down to Portland on Saturday mornings and go somewhere and have brunch or something and then come over here and do our grocery shopping? I mean, for us, that would be a way to get out of the house and, you know, do something together. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, and, and hell then yes, that's the what I'm talking about. Better, like, we take a drive. You know, that would be awesome. I'm, I, like I say, I mean, I, the clientele at Whole Foods for me is a little eh, but that's just me. Um, and I, I don't even get like I mean I walk <laughs> into a place like that and people look at me like I'm a freaking terrorist or something I don't know I'm like it's what is it the beard or I don't know is, is your it? beard not know. bougie enough I mean, no I don't know if that's bougie, bougie or it's like maybe it's that or the militant sort of I don't know maybe I don't maybe know it's not maybe kept. it's the maybe it's the 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 Colonel Kurt's freaking sunglasses that I got on and the Semper Fidelis freaking, you know, uh, mask that I got on my face. Cause you know, we still have to wear those even though everybody's been inoculated. Um, so anyway, like I say, 
went there, got the leg of lamb, brought it home. I found a recipe online. I was so stoked, man. I had picked up this dude. It oh, looked so good. Dude, and it was e- so even easy. raw. It looked JB. Good. It was, so, it was literally, it was like, you know, it was like a, a it was like olive oil, four cloves of garlic chopped. Uh, it was rosemary and thyme, a tablespoon of, uh, uh, actually, no, it was a, a half a cup of both chopped, um, salt, pepper. I think that was all of it. And you made that sort of into a paste in a bowl and just rub this, you know, cause you, I, I will tell you, okay, this is one thing that I did not realize. And I'm, I'm so glad I did it. I trimmed that fucker down before I seasoned it. I got the knife out like mm. the, like a, a paring knife. Yes, yes. Because when you, you buy you're it, trimming it's got fat. All, exactly, yeah. it's got all this fat. You don't I'm want like, to render dude, that. I fat. watched a video where this guy showed how to do it. YouTube University dude showed you how to trim this thing down. I did it exactly the way that he showed. Got all this fat off of it. Got right down to the muscle, and then you uh, you scored it. You know, like punched a bunch of little holes in it. You know, top and bottom. Rub that bad boy down. I put it in the pan. Uh, for the first time, I had bought these little potatoes. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, but they're yes. the, the style in which I cook them is called Hesselbeck. Dude, I mean, you just, yeah, the, and it's like the, you, presentation the, the, the way you do it with these little potatoes is that you put the potato in a, a spoon, like a big soup spoon, and then you just cut across it like real thin so it cuts the potato but not all the way through put that bad boy in the oven oh my god dude i've still got a bunch of it in my freaking fridge we're gonna make gyros tomorrow night i gotta make freaking tzatziki sauce yeah it's gonna be so good <laughs> mm. i'm pretty no we we had uh we had really on saturday mm. Yeah, April made homemade pita bread. Wow, homemade pita bread. But yeah, we had, nice. We had a uh, Virginia ham, and cool green bean casserole and sweet potatoes, and then for dessert we had Ooh. my grandmother's uh, banana pudding. Yep. So for lunch today, hey, there you go. I had ham and eggs. Then I had a then I had a ham sandwich for dinner because it's. Leftover Monday nights at our household is leftover night because uh, that's a good call. That's smart. Trash goes out on Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, it makes it because Monday nights lefties. Oh, there you go. Uh, Friday nights pizza. So. Five yeah, days I want to. I want to figure um, out what we're going to eat. I want to try this. It's sort of a keto thing, um, but it's basically a crustless pizza. Oh, with the with, as using the um, uh, not the even necessarily the, that the, it's just the crust. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I've not seen people use turkey. And I mean, chicken. this is uh, what I've seen is just basically taking a small, almost like a, a small baking dish, maybe like a small pie dish, and all you do is put pizza sauce in the bottom, and then put cheese and toppings and all the stuff, all the stuff you'd put on the pizza, just no crust, and put it in the oven, melt down that cheese and everything. And freaking just you eat it out of the freaking baking dish. You know? Oh, huh. Mm. I've seen a reverse. Taco. Oh, yeah. 
where you you make the crust out of the oh, meat. Wow, I've never seen that. Is the crust? Huh. Well, there you go. Well, it is New yeah, Music Monday. It is New Music Monday. What do you have on tap, my friend? New Music Monday. So I have I've been listening to the Papa crap out of this group. Okay. Papa Grows Funk. Yeah, um, amazing group. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it's funk. Um, and there's two. It's uh, Live at the Leaf, okay. and then Mr. Patterson's Hat. Uh, totally listen to it. It is funky, uh, bluesy, yeah. uh, just some good shit, man. Uh, I've been listening to the crap out of it, especially the live album. I, I'll put up the live album. Your, your my, contribution. Um, as my submission, but yeah, man. No, no one of consequence. Like, there's right. no, like, you know, you have that one famous person. That, nope. That's cool. Very, very cool. Dudes, yeah, mine yeah, is fun. actually not a single artist. Um, I got turned on to a playlist on Spotify that I'm going to share on the page. And the playlist is off of oh. Spotify. And it's main hard rock and punk. I will tell you, man, it's pretty amazing. Like, I'm not real. I mean, I've been I've been away from here for a very, very long time. So I haven't really been too in tune with sort of what the local main music scene is like. Uh, You know, I remember, you know, years ago for folks who are out there listening to the show, if you're from the local area, you might know you might recognize you might recognize names like uh, Rick Panette. Yeah, he was one back in the day, you know, very popular local rock and roll guy. Uh, there were a number of other bands, too, that we always heard about. I think there was one called Quarter Flash or something like that. This is all, like, back in the late 80s. The music scene ain't that anymore, man. You know, I mean, there are a lot of... I mean, when you listen to a lot of this stuff now, it's like... Well, what's the... Oh, group, uh, the Mellow Brothers. Uh, you yeah, I, did I wear that t-shirt shirt. all the time? If anybody's... Yeah. I mean, to be honest, and that's another one, I mean... Hey, you want to talk about new music? Hey, folks who are out there, if you've never listened to this band, the Mallet Brothers from, from Maine, they're a legit group. They sound great. It's sort of a bluegrass kind of country thing that they do. Um, it's, it's, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they're touring all over the place. They're national touring act. Out on the road one time doing a show. Um, and like I say, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of these bands. I mean, there's a couple of them that are on this playlist. Twisted Roots, that's an old... You know, they're they're uh, ah, a little roots, bit older. Yeah. Twisted Roots was really sort of a, maybe back around 2000, I think. Um, and there's a couple other ones that are on this playlist as well. Uh, but like I say, it's it's definitely it's worth giving a listen. I'll share the you know the link to it, and folks can hopefully you know jump on Spotify and check it out. But uh, it definitely gives you for for somebody at least like myself who hasn't been around the the area for a long time, you know, sort of hearing what some of these some of these artists are doing and what seems to be and with good reason, you know, considered sort of a backwater of the music industry. I mean, nobody's running to Portland, Maine, you know, although I will say there's been, there's, you know, every, every, every 10 or 20 years you get this talk about how, you know, there's all these people from the record companies who are checking out these acts in Portland and it's supposed to be the new, you know, hot spot or what I'm like, dude, it's Portland, Maine. Okay. Let's be, let's be real. Okay. 
It, this is not <laughs> Los Angeles or New York or something. Um, but you never know. Um, but I'll share it. So there's definitely some cool stuff on there for sure. Faux show. So, uh, but for folks who are out there checking out the Faux show, show. Uh, Thursday, as usual, YouTube Thursday, we're going to come up with some, uh, some interesting some interesting vittles yes. for everyone. <laughs> we always do. Uh, hey, and once again, hey, we are we are two likes away from the big five hundred. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. Want to find two out? Two likes get over five hundred because that would be pretty freaking awesome. So, um, yeah, man, for sure. So, hey, for folks who are out there it checking would. out the show, thanks for tuning in. You know, as usual, I know it's been a week. You know, two guys know nothing about nothing, talking about everything. Um, so uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be checking you out on Thursday. Later, brother.